And here I was going through my own miracle where I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I can tell that with these hives, my body is fighting for me and it's trying to keep me safe. And so whoever is listening, I want to challenge you even in that idea of like brave, you know, are you being brave for simply existing? (laughs) Are you being brave for simply showing up? Or is that something that you have to take the audacity and go, no, this is me. Hello there, Brave Table fam. I'm your host, Akronitha, and welcome to another episode of The Brave Table. This is your destination and your oasis to be all things just a little bit more brave in your actions, in your life, and in your relationships. And I am beyond excited to introduce to you somebody that I have had the chance to literally dive in with. And I've been so inspired by her veracity, by her audacity. She is literally known as one of the premier folks when it comes to going viral on social media. She has not only been brought on to TikTok offices, as well as meta offices to teach and train their employees about growth, about online growth, about the hazards of when we are exposing ourselves and what is real, what is raw, and what is actually true and honest as a creator, as a content viewer as someone that wants to share their message and their story online. And we get into incredible topics along the lines of when is oversharing too much? When are you doing things for the sake of going viral versus sharing your honest truth? She is a fellow speaker, keynote as well as somebody that I've just had the pleasure of diving deeper with. She wears incredible shoes. Her fashion is on point. And we jived at a recent mastermind. This was a speaking mastermind. And Giselle and I, I was like, I see you. I see you, queen. She is just unapologetic in every way. And this conversation is a spunky one because she shares about her Mexican background, her lineage, and how this was completely unconventional as she went to school to be a journalist. And now she is gracing the interwebs and online messaging platforms to truly be the cultivator of your social media profile and what it actually can do for your life, for your business, for the people that you want to reach and more. I think you're going to get so much value out of it. Whether you love or hate social media, whether you love or hate algorithms, I think this is a juicy episode as a parent for myself my children will be on these platforms at some point. And some of the issues that we've navigated around when is it too early? What are the mental health implications around social? And how can we take it into our own hands so that we aren't burnt out as creators, but also live from a place of authenticity? Well, here it is with the one and only Giselle Ugarte on The Brave Table this week. All right, fam. It is official. We are officially in the summer season. And that means for you, our That Suck Now What shop is open. 
And we have limited edition merch, which means that we only have 100 pieces of the That Suck Now What hats that can be yours. And with every purchase, you get a free copy of our best-selling and four-time award-winning book, That Suck Now What. Give it to a friend, give it to a bestie. And why not represent your That Suck Now What swag at the birthday parties, at barbecues, at your beach vacay. And we have something for everyone. Conversation cards, journals, affirmation cards, and more. The perfect merch and items for your getaway is here now. So go ahead and visit thatsucknowwhat.com forward slash shop. And be sure to use the code BRAVE so that it unlocks your self-care calendar. Enjoy. And now back to the show. Giselle, welcome to the Brave Table of... I'm so happy to be here. Oh my goodness. What a journey. I know. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm so glad we got just connected recently. And I love what I see on your site because it's like if Gary V and Tony Robbins had a baby with (laughs) J-Lo. With (laughs) J-Lo. Let's just, not themselves, but with J-Lo, it would be you. It would be me. It would be you. It's, It's a good way to sum it up. So tell us about that. It is this obsession with social media and strategy, but also realizing that so many of our challenges are not rooted in the algorithm and hashtag sexual personal development. (laughs) And then the Latina flavor of my upbringing that is J-Lo, also known as to some Selena. (laughs) Totally different person, but I mean, you know, in some ways they're one and the same. Oh, I can see Selena vibes. Yeah. 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 Offering some of that spice. Uh, If you're listening to this, I've got big hoops on. I always bring the big hoop energy (laughs) to the conversation, even when I'm not wearing the hoops. So, you know, we we bring a little bit of Jenny from the block, I guess. We do. Yeah. Well, that's why I loved your energy when we met. I was like, oh my gosh, she's my people. (laughs) Love her. (laughs) You had a vibe with your hat. (laughs) I had a vibe with my sneakers. I'm wearing a right now. So, you uh, it's, know. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Vibe attracts tribe, I guess. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. So where did you grow up then? I grew up in Minnesota. I grew up in a suburb outside of Minneapolis called Wyzetta. Oh, wow. And very, very different from even the appearance that I bring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Progressive they are. Diverse they are not. Mm. It's okay. You know, it's just, it, you can't really help it. So that on its own brought a lot of questions, challenges, and also at the same time allowed for me to fall into my own. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of want to like start there and, and go back because you are one of the foremost speakers and people have you come and teach in their companies and their organizations on stages. You have this big energy and it's so amazing. And I'm gathering, has that always been the case for you? Or or how did that start? What was that brave journey for you? It's been a combination of things. And honestly, I don't think it's been a constant. I will say that I grew up with parents who, for me, they never set any type of limitations. Mm -hmm. They were never like, hey, you know what, babe? You're going to grow up and there are going to be a lot of people who don't look like you and they're going to treat you differently. They never said that to me. They never put like this glass ceiling on top of me trying to warn me of things before they happened. Mm -hmm. They allowed for me to simply look at my world as this place of endless possibility in the same way that they were able to do that themselves. Both of my parents were entrepreneurial, where my dad is a doctor. My mom started to teach uh, dance classes out of her garage when she was 14. Stop. Never finished college, but that was her first business. And then she went on to, you know, 
everywhere they moved for my dad's medical journey, she would build a new studio. And she was who helped support my dad's journey through him coming from nothing and then going into like all of that. Mm -hmm. And so with what they were able to build in different languages and different regions of the country, like they wanted me to just know, like, if you put your head down and just you know, focus that you'll be able to do anything that you want. But I do definitely think that over time you run into either different people or different areas of adversity that like, I always think of the phrase, find my voice, mm. you know, help me find my voice. I'm trying to find my voice. The reality is, is that you've had your voice this whole time. It's mm. just that you have either been in a circumstance or situation, or maybe it was a relationship or a friendship where for whatever reason, chances are there was someone who made you believe that your voice was not worthy mm. or that it didn't matter. And in some cases, it's our own heads yeah. <laughs> telling us that that we're not worthy and that we don't matter or that we have to look a certain way or have a certain amount of money or have a certain reputation to be able to share. And I've absolutely had so many of those along the journey. And even now I'll wake up sometimes and be like, oh my God, Giselle, like your content is so stupid. <laughs> or like nobody cares. Or like, what are you doing? Or like, this doesn't matter. And I don't think it ever goes away. Well, and, well, and I think because you are that like social media queen that I feel like everyone kind of comes to, even TikTok has come to you, yeah. which is like wild and amazing. And so... What do you think kind of attributed like, or that spark, that ignition, that initial ignition that started for you to kind of be known mm -hmm. as the social media queen that lets people find their voice? I feel like immediately when you said that, my mind went to a few different places. And I'll even go to like a little bit of a dark place yeah, for a moment. Because it's the brave table. Absolutely. We have to. And there were two moments for me that stand out. Number one was, this is before Giselle was the social media queen, but I do feel like this is perhaps maybe some of the birth of it, which was I was living in LA. I was pursuing this career in entertainment news, mm. which anybody who has ever gone down that route or anyone who's ever lived in Hollywood or even been in the entertainment industry, you know, nobody cares where you went to school. It's all about who you know, the audition rooms. Like I basically felt like an actor, even though I had the writing and the journalism training, whatever. And so I was in that phase of my journey of finding my voice, which really wasn't my voice. I was reading scripts. <laughs> and I'll never forget, it was the day that we found out that Robin Williams had passed. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there was something on my heart that day that felt like if I didn't share that I was going to explode. And it was very out of character for me because when I was pursuing that journey of entertainment news, it was my job to tell the stories of other people, especially celebrities, especially mm -hmm. when they had done something wrong. Unfortunately, yeah. we were also in that era where it was all about the gossip. Like it was the peak of the gossip time, which I look back and I want to throw up about it. But like, that's mm -hmm. just where I was. And that was what I was pursuing. Mm. And I just remember people being so shocked you know, how could this person so happy, so smiley, so comedic, so funny, like how could he get to that point? Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling so aligned with him because I was someone who people looked to as this pillar of strength and like obnoxious optimism and light. And yet I myself had struggled with depression. I myself had struggled with anxiety. I myself had struggled with an eating disorder. And 
people did not understand how those emotions could coexist. Or maybe they did, but no one had talked about it. Mm. And it was that day where I finally decided to share a little bit of my story, Mm. saying, I know that you, the world, you're so surprised that this could happen, but the reality is, is that this exists every day. It might exist in the people in front of you. And that now is normal. You hear people sharing their stories or being open about whether it's fertility or sobriety or whatever. That's normal now. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was a shock. It was shocking. I remember my mom calling me and almost in tears, not even so much because she was worried. She knew a little bit about my struggle, but because she was scared that by me sharing, it would keep me from opportunities. Mm. She legitimately thought that it would keep me from getting medical insurance. She legitimately thought that it would keep me from getting a job wow. in the future, from being employed. Because at the time, I mean, this is more than 10 years ago, there was such a stigma attached. Mental health, like I don't even think think it was called no, mental there was, health. It, was called, it, it wasn't, yeah, I don't even think it even existed. It was like, you're was crazy. Yeah. yeah, it was like depression or crazy. Right. And for her, you know, there were absolutely people that I'm sure looked at my mom through that post and thought, oh, where were your parents? Oh, what was your upbringing? Or there's also the stigma attached of, you know, my parents came from nothing, but that allowed for me to have something growing up. You went to the best schools. How is that possible? Like you had friends, you had two parents, you had two parents. How was that even a thing? And what actually ended up happening is I had so many people messaging me privately, calling me privately saying, that's how I feel. Hmm. I know what that's like. I've been through that before. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh my gosh, I thought that I was the only one. Hmm. And that's when I realized that Whenever you're in a situation and you think, I wonder if I'm the only one who, that might be a story worth sharing because Mm -hmm. chances are you're not. And it also showed me how the internet can actually be a place where you can really connect to people. Mm -hmm. I think this might have even been pre-Instagram peak days Mm -hmm. and perhaps the precursor for me that made me realize how powerful the internet can be, where when you're feeling so alone, there are always people who you can talk to, perhaps people you've never met, may never meet, but who you can connect with and feel less alone, even if you happen to be in a place where you're surrounded by people and all of the time. And that for me was one of those moments where I was like, I feel like there's something here and I don't know what it is, Mm. but I feel like the next time I have that feeling on my heart, like I need to share something, I should. And it is. Well, and I want to just honor you in that journey because, uh, you know, one, to be in like going in entertainment and kind of what I'd probably call the gossip journalism. (laughs) You were going to be in LA at that time. Yeah. In that era of when all of those things were so big and, you know, to actually be so vulnerable and share vulnerability wasn't, you know, it's like it wasn't cool to be vulnerable way back then. No. It was more so everyone wore a mask and, you know, you had this like stoic face. I make this joke a lot where it's kind of like back in the day when I was growing up, you were growing up, you know, we had a lock and key for our like journal entries, our little diary. You know, do you guys remember that? Oh, Break yeah. Bam, like lock and key and you hid the key mm-hmm. and my dad would always cut my lock and he would read. You know, oh, especially no. if he... <laughs> yeah, it was the worst. It was like... Because he was like in an Indian, you know, father, you, you weren't supposed to date. And it was a whole thing. And he was so overprotective. And I would be so mortified 
because I'm like, oh my gosh, like you don't trust me. And now we have social media that we're like, wait, why did you read my really long form post right. that I'm like spilling my beans All about? of my guts out. <laughs> Inside, like way back when we didn't want our deepest, darkest secrets to be shared. And now we're kind of like, please like it and read it. But to your point, to share the contrast of then being able to say, hey, you know what? We're not alone in this. Like, this is actually, I was feeling this too. And to actually be okay in allowing other people to see you, Mm -hmm. how did that then change kind of the course and the trajectory for you? Well, the other thing that my mom said was, she goes, you're not Oprah, Giselle. Mm -hmm. And... By that, she meant, for example, here I am at the bottom of what I'm doing and how this could get in the way of what I am and how only someone who's already established and has some type of a soft landing, could they be equipped to say, look where I was. Hmm. And that was also something for me that, again, I don't know where I found the audacity in myself. Because at the time, like it was like, the audacity. Right. Right. Like, For you to even. Right. You mentioned that now people share that. And I just felt like I just don't think this is something that discriminates. I don't think it's fair to assume that you can just share these things like, you know, once you've hit the other side, because what if you don't make it to the other side? What if it's too late? And so for me to share that, it gave me a little more bravery. Mm-hmm. to start showing up in other ways as less than what my irrational idea of perfection was. Oh, yeah. And to allow for people to start being able to peek into my journey versus mm-hmm. just getting to that final destination. Mm-hmm. And there's a fine line there because you're right. And now we have this idea of, well, we have to share everything. <laughs> Right. You know, and and, right. and even as it's raw and it's like, oh God, like sometimes you read those posts of other people and you're like, I feel like I just walked in on you naked and this is not, you didn't, hold on, this is not, oh, I need to cover my eyes, like this is too much. And there's a fine line of what that looks like because, you know. Well, I, I kind of want to stop you there because yeah. I feel like it has gone the other way and I feel like it has, you know, for those of you listening to this, you'll hear Giselle's little chihuahua. My her, little pup. Her little, her Penelope <laughs> Cruz is, is with us on set today, which is, she's so sweet. She's like guarding the area. She's being protective of the conversation. <laughs> she, she really is. And <laughs> I think that, you know, before when you were just, you know, sharing how, my gosh, like we're, we're word vomiting everything. Yeah. And there was a time where, you know, we were just watching other people's pictures. Mm-hmm. And now, and I kind of, there's like a fine line between, because I see when people are now fully emote yeah. on, you know, and, and like the full breakdown, I feel like maybe I've done it as well. But, and there are people on the one side who are like, is that real? Are they really doing it? How much is too much to share? And I know that when I was growing up and when you were growing up, that would definitely, like you would not want to shed a tear mm-hmm. on any sort of social, not even sharing, you know, I think it's the opposite of the the highlight reel, right? Like the real reality, mm-hmm. but then you have the full on full breakdown, full hysteria, crying on social now as well. 
And I know you've made your own TikToks and all of the things around it. So I want to hear your perspective on where have we gone with this of like, like you said, walking into somebody like fully, pretty much seeing them naked. I mean, without really seeing them naked, but like as they're fully vomiting, what is fully going on in their life at that moment? Like, where is that? Because now I feel like there's the bravery to share. And then we've really, we've explored our edges there. There is personal and there's private. Personal is what allows for you to connect with people. Private, you get to decide what that is for you. But I do believe that you owe it to yourself to have pieces of privacy that are yours and yours alone. For some of you, that might mean I'm not going to show my kids' faces. For some of you, that might mean I'm not going to talk about my marriage. For some of you, that might mean I'm not going to talk about whatever mental issue I'm working through right now because this could actually set me back in my progress. And I'm just not ready to open up this wound to the world. But I do encourage you to evaluate what your boundaries look like. And it's easier said than done because you're right in that now you have this opposite example of feeling or perhaps pressure to Mm. show everything. And what's wild about my journey is that at this point, I have now been creating and studying online video content for 13 years. 13 years? over a decade. I saw that my first upload was 13 years ago. And it's been my own progression. It's not like I showed up 13 years ago, put out my vlog, talked about my day. If anything, I, I actually look at a lot of these new platforms and trends and AI apps, and I sit back first and watch hmm. the early adapters adapt early and see what <laughs> happens to them before I'm like, all right, I'm going to go jump in the deep end. Right. But where you have a lot of these TikTokers who seemingly overnight developed this followership of millions upon millions upon millions, I've seen that already in what what YouTube was 13 years ago. Mm. So I've seen the cycles repeat themselves. I've seen what happens when you spill too much too soon. And I've seen what happens when you actually give the public permission to take ownership of your personal life. Mm. And that is where if we give too much, then all of a sudden they find it upon themselves to feel like they can advise you and judge you in any which way versus allowing for yourself to have some things that are just yours and yours alone. And there's, again, it's a fine line to cross, especially if you've never been there before. But I do watch a lot of these young, it's usually younger girls in their late teens or early 20s. And they're so used to a allowing their followers get into their relationships or get into their makeup palettes or get into their body insecurities. But then all of a sudden, they're like opening up a little bit too much into perhaps what they're realizing is recovery needing to happen from whatever it is that they're working through, going through. And that's what I would encourage you to do is is just decide, what do I feel comfortable sharing right now? And what do I need to just not? What's going to be mine? Yeah. And I think you bring up a really valid point because, you know, for somebody who, wow, you're like, you're an OG, you've been studying the platforms. And I think that, you know, this is such a beautiful segue to kind of the next thing I wanted to bring up for us in the conversation is, you know, 
we started out with mental health, with emotional health, with really having to sit with some of these big feelings like anxiety, like depression. And then we have obviously all of the data that's come out with young girls and their mental health because everything is like consumption, 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 creation, creation, consumption. And then you even read some of these overnighters on TikTok who are young and, you know, I have young kids and just even now my son is four. And because I work on my phone, my husband works on our phone, like we work on our phone so much. And now he's seeing like he's, you know, the other, I think I've shared this uh, on the Brave Table fam with you all that during the holidays, he took my phone and he saw me doing some lives because, you know, my book was coming out and he took my phone and he like just pressed the red button and Mm -hmm. was like, hi folks, here's my Christmas tree. Folks, here's what's... And I was like, how does he have so much confidence? Like just out the gate. And I'm like, how does he say folks? Like where... (laughs) Where's that coming from? Where did that come from? I did not realize I say folks a lot. And so it was like, hey, folks, I'm doing this, folks. Okay, bye, folks. See you tomorrow, folks. And I'm like, (laughs) he's four. You know, my husband and I were like, well, it's innocent. It's cute. It's going to build his confidence. Great. We don't have to post it. We don't have to do anything with it. But to see somebody that young already just like very much into, not themselves, but just so into the craft Mm -hmm. of without any, just being so unapologetic. Mm -hmm. And there's no pressure. But then you see on the other side with given the amount of traction and followership and just the amount that sometimes these TikTokers are having to make and the pressure to actually make these videos because they have now an agreement Mm -hmm. or some sort of a sponsorship with like millions of dollars that they have to create content three to five times a day because they're on some sort of, you know, pretty much like a, a big payment. What do you say to that? And what are your thoughts around that and where we're kind of headed in that way? Oh my goodness. Where to even begin with that? (laughs) There are a lot of creators who have influence, but very few who actually know what to do with it and how to take control of it. And that's at the theme of even if you're not a creator, I'm putting air quotes with my fingers or influencer, you need to understand how to take control of these social media platforms rather than allow for them to take control of you. Right now, the narrative, especially in the news, is very much of the victim mentality, blaming these platforms for the way that they're brainwashing our kids Mm -hmm. or our decisions or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that these are tools. Like these are tools. And in actuality, a lot of these tools reflect our own habits. The algorithm is usually a reflection of us and what we need. The notifications for sure, like they want you to stay on these platforms. But at the end of the day, what I like to say is, you know, you remember that first time that you used the stove, for example. Like I remember my mom saying, oh, don't touch it. It's hot. And of course, me as the kid being like, is it though? (laughs) The rebellious teenager. Taking my whole (laughs) hand and like sticking it on the thing and pulling the boiling water off of the, the you know, all the different things. But that the way that my mom taught me both by example and also by being there right above me, showing me how do you use the stove. And so I like to say that like social media 
it's a box of matches Mm -hmm. that you're teaching your kids how to use matches. Now, with these matches, you can light up the stove. You can light a candle. You can light a campfire and bring people around it. You can cook food. You can make people warm. You can share stories. Like You can bring people together. Or you can douse a whole room with gasoline and like burn the house down. You can have the dumpster fire. Like you can burn a whole forest down. But you just have to teach yourself and your kids how to use these tools. But what you don't sometimes realize is that you yourself are maybe lighting up a cigarette and smoking that cigarette and like lighting up your lungs and getting yourself prone to cancer and toxicity and chemicals and all those things and not realizing that you're actually smoking in front of your kid. And your kid's seeing you smoking and they want to smoke too. And so when we're worried about like, oh, my kids and social media, social media is not going away. Video's not going away. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn resumes are using videos. And we can either give our kids the freedom to just figure it out on their own. And perhaps, you know, this whole idea of being a professional influencer and a creator, which so many kids want to do these days. Yeah, that's that's now the biggest. That's now the biggest the, thing. The biggest thing. So, and so I feel like even for parents who are, you know, hearing this and they're like, how and where do I go? Because there's two conversations that I feel like you're bringing up. Yeah. You know, the one of, okay, well, as parents, we've got to take responsibility. Yep. And, you know, for us, it's kind of like navigating the conversation, even between Ajit and I, like, all right, well, most 85% of our work is like done on our phones, you know, and I mean, probably even 90% at this point. Yeah. And, but also to be cognizant and, and you're right, setting up those boundaries. And also, I don't even have like the clearest answer around it yet. I feel like it's still something that we're like sitting with. Yeah. But I also know that like, because there is so much of that noise and you see, you know, a lot of the young girls kind of trying to get their followerships and we run coaching institutions, companies where people are trying whatever they can to get visibility. Right. And so that's a different conversation. And many times it is spilling whatever, you know, to get a like, to get. And so where is that stretch, you know? I believe that there is social media for show Mm. and social media for vision. Yeah. A lot of you and a lot of your kids, like even when I have people saying, oh, well, you know, my kids are on TikTok so they can show me how to use TikTok. No, they can't because they're using it to show off to their friends. And you are wanting to use it to perhaps grow your business, grow your personal brand. And those are two totally different things. So I do believe that part of it is looking at our own habits, but also training our kids to understand that you can use this tool for fun. You can use this tool to show off. Or you can actually use it to build relationships, build connections, build visibility, build a business, and knowing the differences between those two things. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to be a part of everyday manners that like we're like we're having to teach etiquette even Mm -hmm. in the same way that like, you know, learning how to talk on the phone. Like back when we used to have actual phones, not cell phones, and we have to introduce ourselves. (laughs) Like, hi, this is Giselle. Just how to make those different cold calls to people who didn't know who you were, how to how we used to have the little message on the answering machine when people used to leave messages, just having yeah. like just little pieces of etiquette of teaching them how to do that. Because the reality is, is that the most successful kids these days will understand how to see things as a production, how to be able to build something out of nothing, how to be able to build something out of just having 
a tool that you already have, which is your phone. And if they can learn how to do that versus just use this as something to play on where you have funny filters or you dance or mm-hmm. you know, you're just doing it again for showing off and making this fake life, which is how, again, like we used to see it. But Instagram isn't a highlight reel anymore. Like we're still calling it that. Instagram has not been a highlight reel on my feed in a very long time. Right. People are sick of the highlight reel. Yeah. They don't want to see that. If you're still presenting a highlight reel, then that's where you need to get out of your own head and out of your own filters mm. of your life, of your feed, so that you can start setting that example of showing what real actually looks like. Right. They don't and, care about the professional photos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and even if they are, but having the mix of what that looks like like just how, for example, you can show up to a party looking absolutely fabulous head to toe. That doesn't mean that you weren't crying in your car on the way over here, talking yourself into like, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Does that make you fake because you look fabulous? No, that makes you human because <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you have all sides of that emotional spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so we just need to understand and, and teach these platforms for what it is. What do you think, Penelope? Is that good? <laughs> she's just <laughs> she's, like, she's she's like, is like, this where I'm supposed to be? Is this, am I making? My she's, she, I mean, oh, she's okay. part of the real. She's part of it. Yeah. She's part of it. She's You're part, part of this it. conversation. I mean, so so much goodness, like in this, and I feel like we can definitely talk for hours around this. It's something that, yeah, it's definitely a big conversation on on so, and I feel like on a lot of our minds in terms yeah. of how to actually make peace with that. There's one ourselves. thing I did wake up this morning though, thinking I needed to share it on the brave table. Yes, which was a few years back. This was another one of my moments with, again, being that person that I am. So a few years back, I woke up and my whole body was covered in hives. Mm. Like out of nowhere, I'm not allergic to anything. I don't have like crazy sensitive skin, kind of, but not really. And my whole body was covered in hives. I don't know if it was bed bugs or an allergic reaction or like what the fuck was happening with my body. And it did not go away. It did not let up. And I went to the allergist and I went to the dermatologist and they were like, we don't know what this is. Mm. But I would find that even just the slightest bit of contact on my skin would light up even more hives. Like it was the most bizarre thing. It was all over my face. It was what? it was between my toes. It was from like my scalp to the bottoms of my feet, every single fold in the lady parts. Like it was horrible. And they were like, well, if this goes on for longer than a week, like this might just be a chronic condition that you have. It could be because of stress. It could be because of something that you contracted when you were traveling. Like we really don't know, but the only thing that we can give you is like steroids to try to calm it down. And so what ended up happening was here I am like going from fully fine, healthy one day to all of a sudden I am bloated with steroids, anxiety. I put on like 40 pounds in the span of a month and I couldn't wear bras. I couldn't wear makeup. Like I couldn't do anything. And this was for sure in my content creation journey. And I'm thinking, I can't show up like this. Like Mm. I look horrible. Like me coming online, not having any makeup on, like that's one thing, but now I don't have makeup on and also my face is covered with like bumps and scratches and lumps. Like I don't even feel comfortable going to the gym like this. Granted, I couldn't even go to the gym. I couldn't wear a compressing sports bra. I couldn't do any of it. Oh my goodness. And so fast forward, I don't know what did it. I tried so many different diet reductions and, you know, sleeping more and different medications and combinations of like different things, but it started to slowly calm down, like slowly. Mm. And I'll never forget posting a picture of me 
in my sports bra at the gym. And I have, you know, my little love handles over my pants. Like again, I put on 40 pounds in a very short period of time. And you're tiny. And I went from being like really little to all of a sudden none of my clothes fit whatsoever. I think I was maybe 12, 14, 16, which again, when I'm normally like a size six, eight to go from one to the next, it's just a really, like you look in the mirror and you're like, I don't even recognize myself. Wow. And I will just never forget posting that photo, talking about my journey that had happened, talking about how even, you know, for me, it took a lot, even at the size six, eight, to feel comfortable going to the gym in a sports bra. But I remember seeing my friend who was size, you know, 10, 12 in her sports bra and thinking, damn, she looks badass. Why is it that I think she looks so great, but I can't? And like that whole journey. But here I am, you know, size 14, 16, putting myself in a sports bra. My body still has like scratches. I have bumps on my face. Mm -hmm. and just sharing in that. And people commented, oh my God, you are so brave Mm. for sharing this. You are so brave to show what you are going through. And initially I thought, okay, sure, because I do feel vulnerable in sharing this post. And I did have a hard time even embracing this new part of me. And I don't know if she's going away anytime soon. But then I remember sitting back and being like, wait a minute, why am I being praised for being, quote, brave for just showing up as I am in this season right now? Mm. Why am I being praised for being brave because of the fact that I'm showing myself having gained weight? I'm showing myself for having these scratches on my body. Like, why is it that we as women too, like, even as we're embracing our curves and our cellulite, like, why are you waiting until after you have the baby to believe that your body is a miracle? And here I was going through my own miracle where I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I can tell that with these hives, my body is fighting for me Mm. and it's trying to keep me safe. And so whoever is listening, I want to challenge you even in that idea of like brave, you know, are you being brave for simply existing? (laughs) Are you being brave for simply showing up? Or is that something that you have to take the audacity and go, no, this is me and allow for you to raise that level of like what brave would really look like and imagine what it would be if you allowed for yourself to not just take that bravery, to give yourself permission to show up as you are and then stack the real bravery on top of that. So I encourage you to take that for however you need it in your season right now. I mean, it's. I feel like you embody that sense of audacity. <laughs> I try. I try. On stage, <laughs> in your videos, in just how you come across. And I've loved this conversation so much. I want to get into our little igniting round. And I kind of, for the open loop that everyone's like wanting to hear, what did ever happen with then the bumps? They just went away. Wow. I don't know what happened. And I every now and then I'll still notice if I scratch myself, it might linger a little bit. And mm-hmm. I always have that fear of, oh my gosh, what if it's, it's coming come back? back? But it took, it was months and months and months. I gave up alcohol. I gave up sugar. I gave up dairy. I gave up meat just to see if it would make a difference. And it actually did. But then I slowly reintroduced some of those things back into my system. I've been on the whole food tour in Texas, even in just the last 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I I don't know. You know, I, I really don't know what caused it. I've had even some of my friends who have said, you know, maybe it was your subconscious believing that you weren't as true to yourself as you should have been in, in that season. And Thank it's God. interesting that you brought that up because I, that was kind of one of the things that was like coming into mind 
when you were sharing, like that was part of your whole content story. And what if, you know, I think a lot of times we have so much of our inner battles and it's just another kind of to your point and kind of the through line of our conversation today of, you know, many times what we think our mess is can be so magical Always. and really pay it forward for somebody else. And I feel like that's what you fully embody and that's what you teach on such a soul level. Always. And as we get into our igniting round, okay, final two questions. Okay. What practice or book or ritual uh, is elevating you right now? in this season? Mm, that's a good one. For Okay, as far as practice goes, I'm really having to prioritize my sleep. Mm. And so I'm at a point where I travel with my pillow. And when I travel, I do not drink, which I don't drink that much anyway. But when I go to all these different conferences, you know, you have all the dinners and the parties and it's, the, easy to get the, into it's it. really easy to get into it and to feel like you have to do that to connect with people. And so that practice, and I would even say there's a podcast that Melissa Urban did with Holly Whitaker years ago. I've been sharing this one a lot, so maybe this is the thing. And Melissa Urban for a season had the Do The Thing podcast. Mm-hmm. She stopped doing it, but there was one episode with Holly Whitaker and it was all about sober curiosity. Mm-hmm. And it was about your relationship with alcohol. And it was for me the episode that made me realize like, you know what? I don't think I'm an alcoholic, but I do think that I'm misusing alcohol, Mm. especially in wedding season, networking situations, vacations, traveling, all of that. And I didn't realize how even just one glass of wine could throw me off for the rest of the day or throw off my sleep. Yeah, I had an aura ring that I'm not wearing it right now. I usually do, but that showed me how like one glass of wine could make my sleep that night horrible. And so it was no wonder that I didn't feel good the next next day, even if I wasn't hungover. And just the simple question of, is alcohol keeping you from achieving your dreams, Mm. wait for it, as quickly as you would like? Mm. And noticing how it was slowing me down. And so maybe for you, it's not alcohol. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's Netflix. (laughs) Maybe it's your kids. Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many times when we we use things that seem legitimate as excuses. Like, oh, well, I have to work. Oh, well, I have my kids. But hold on. Is it actually legitimate? Are you Mm. leaning on it too much? So that podcast episode, that question, that practice. Wow. And one word that describes the season of your life. Mm, Bold. Mm. That's one that I'm not fully feeling it today. But the boldness of being able to speak up in situations where previously I wouldn't have throwing my hat in the ring for things that I didn't maybe think that I was worthy of taking the trip, you know, accepting the ticket, you know, saying yes, introducing myself, but going for what I want and believing wholeheartedly that I deserve it. Even Mm -hmm. if my body is like, what? Really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love this. What's yours? I want to know what yours is. Uh, I feel like unapologetic. Yeah. But that's been like this the season of this decade. But yeah. But yes. And and that's kind of been I'm teetering between unapologetic and then there are times where I'm like, okay, presence. Presence because there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a yeah, and we're doing it. We're doing it. Thank you so much for this, love. And where can we find, you know, where you're off to next? How can we connect with you? Share all of the things. Yeah. Instagram is my favorite platform right now. I teetered to TikTok for a little while, but Instagram, I'm, I'm always in my DMs. I'm always reading my comments. So Giselle Ugardi, you can find me there. Giselle Ugardi. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Until next time on The Brave Table. 
And welcome back to the other side. Now, if you absolutely loved and adored Giselle Ugarte and want to get connected with her and maybe some of her offerings and maybe even see what else she has to teach in her private community, go ahead, follow her at Giselle Ugarte. She is also on TikTok at Giselle Ugarte. And look into her online performance coaching at GiselleUgarte.com. That's G-I-S-E-L-L-E-U-G-A-R-T-E.com. And to further your deeper dives in this topic, go and listen to episode 130, The Power of Living Out Loud, Thrive Through Authenticity and the Wholeness with Vasavi Kumar, as well as one of my favorite episodes, episode 92, How to Tap into Your Self-Expression Through Freestyle, Rap, Spoken Word, and Poetry with Mark Bouton. And I think you'll actually love episode 67, Bravely Talking About Your Mental Health Challenges with Mike Johnson. Now, It is the month of July, and for the entire month, we are awarding you with my birthday month, a few of my favorite things, and all you have to do is write a five-star review. When you write a five-star review, not only does it give others more access to be just a little bit more brave, so you can do this by sharing this with a friend, sharing this with a colleague, sharing this with somebody you love, but also when you go to iTunes, scroll all the way down, and where it says write a review, once you write a review and any of your favorite moments and maybe favorite episodes of the podcast, I will go ahead once you screenshot that to me at support at globalgrit.co. That's support at globalgrit.co. You will enter to win a giveaway and we are going to be giving away affirmation card decks and conversation card decks for the month of July. So good luck and I will see you next time. Don't forget to be just a little bit more brave.